Today's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast brought to you by SeatGeek. That is our presenting sponsor. That's the easiest way to shop for the best tickets thanks to the revolutionary grading system. Buy and sell tickets in just two taps on your phone. Everything fully guaranteed. Lombardi, you been to a Dodgers game yet? Not yet. No, I well, haven't. Use Seeky. Get $10 off. I if will you use go. code BSMLB. Code BSMLB. Seekeek. Hooking up my son next week for his first Fenway game ever against the hated Yankees. You go back to this- Fenway? I'm not my dad. My dad's taking him. Oh, that's awesome. I'm done. I'm I'm on the east. I'm on the west coast. It's too hot back east. Yeah. It's too hot. You were there. It's yeah. too hot. Download the SeatGeek app today or go right to SeatGeek.com. We're pleased to announce that the newly relaunched TheRinger.com, I hope you've been there, all kinds of articles, videos, podcasts, and we are brought to everybody with the new site by Miller Lite. They've been with us from the beginning. They've been fantastic partners. We're thrilled to have them as our relaunch sponsor all week. Patriots Week. I think we're on pace for 16 pieces. Tate hates it. Tate hates Patriot Week. <laughs> House doesn't care because he's been here in L.A. all week eating food and he's in a coma. Well, I'd like to drink a case of Miller Lite to cope with <laughs> Patriot Week. It's okay. the only proper way. Well, well, I you, love Miller Lite. You and Jay Gruden should have your own week together. Back yeah, there. Jay Gruden Week. He's going to drink a case of Miller Lite watching Kirk Cousins this season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and finally, we're brought to you by our two newest podcasts, Ringer FC, soccer podcast, Chris Ryan, Ryan O'Hanlon. Michael Peters, eventually, he's not on the first one, but they're talking about soccer. For the soccer fans, by the soccer fans. Not much different than House of Carbs, For the Hungry, by the Hungry. And also the Rewatchables we launched this week. I'm on that one, the first one anyway. Uh, A Few Good Men, we broke down. We broke down A Few Good Men to the point that, like... I need to listen it got to, to the point of, what position did Tom Cruise play in the softball team? That's how deep we went. Mm. I said softball. I, I'm sorry, shortstop. But I think the other guys in the team resented him because he was really should have been second baseman. But I thought he's like I was going to say second base. I, I, uh, no, but I think he put himself at shortstop. Oh, right, right, there yeah. was like this other. There's lieutenant. always that guy that runs he's out the, the short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy. And it's like he all right, dude, guy. just play second. He's the, he was definitely that guy in that movie. Uh, all of this is brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, including this one: Mike Lombardi, Joe House, Tate Frazier, all coming up. But first, Pearl Jam. All right, here we go. Uh, Tate and Mike Lombardi were about to do GM Street. Yep. And we just started talking, and I needed a podcast, and Joe House is here, and we've been eating food all week, which you can watch our food journey on our Instagram account. At Ringer? That's our Instagram, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, the... Joe, people don't believe how much food you've eaten. I don't believe how much food I've eaten. (laughs) We went to San Gabriel Valley and had Chinese. We went to K-Town for the best patty melt in the world. We started the whole Chicken thing off wings. with burgers. Your mom made brujols and, and meatballs. My mom oh, made brujols nice. and nice. meatballs and yeah. sausages. Yeah. What, oh, what was sweet. the other thing you had? Uh, when? Well, oh, the then pastrami. we had two other burgers. Oh, and then we had the pastrami. Pastrami for dessert. And we're not even done yet. It's no. Thursday, I, I so you might die. This. Marie Osmond and you doing a commercial. I could see this together. It'd <laughs> be perfect, house. I lost 50 pounds. <laughs> I can't believe how. <laughs> just like that. How yeah. old is Marie Osmond? I don't know, but she looks really good in I those commercials. Her butt. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a bad start to the pod. All right. So every, every week uh, on the Ringer NFL show, you guys do GM Street. Right. Tate and Lombardi. Yeah. Yep. House and I were like... Just put some mics on. And then all of a sudden it turned into a BS podcast. So do your thing. We're going to chime in. Okay. But then at the, at the tail end, after you go through whatever Tate's show structure is, 
Um, I want to talk just a, just a light sprinkling of football bets. Okay, that we can oh. talk about. But Tate, take over. I'm gonna I'm, take over. The, you do the Steve Young. I'm, I'm Montana. I'm just sitting on the sidelines <laughs> of the clipboard. Yeah, this is a uh, this is gonna be a weird one. I feel like it's strange. I'm usually sitting right there, but now uh, I'm sitting right here in the normal Bill Simmons seat. Yeah. Mike Lombardi, GM Street. You're back. This is the first time we've had Lombardi in, in the studio in quite some time. He didn't even know that we moved the podcast studio. Uh, we we tricked him. You were just wandering around the lot at that point. Yeah. He's super tan. Yeah, and he's got a New I didn't Jersey. Italian's shirt. got that yeah. tan. He's only got a New Jersey Lombardi. home shirt on. Like he, he's still. This repping. is the shirt. This yeah. is the shirt of the summer. I bought one for my <laughs> grandson. Yep. It says home. It's right there. He's the the only two of us born in the state of New Jersey, so he claims that, Dominic. And so I had to get him a T-shirt that would bear the name. I'm wearing it proudly for him. So you went to a lot of camps when you are on the East yep. Coast, obviously. What was the number one highlight while you're on the East Coast? You went to the Jets, Eagles, Patriots, of course. Can we just get one highlight, one story? I think a highlight is the like the Giants receivers, like watching Beckham in pregame workout going through his routine is a little bit like it's really impressive. Yeah. Like Chris Carter was always stuck me as like a guy that when you watched him catch the ball in pregame warm-up, it was like remarkable. Mm-hmm. Like his hands were like you just there's nobody should do that with their hands. I thought Beckham was like that. I wasn't like I'm not sure. What's he doing? Like the one handed like, the, like the catching gun shooting the footballs at or him? you know, punts coming off and he catches them behind his back. I mean, that's like really weird things he can do. His eye-hand coordination is really remarkable. Tate, this is the difference between basketball and football. Yeah. In in basketball, you celebrate this stuff. And it's like Steph Curry's warming up. Oh, this is amazing. Watch this. He makes yeah. eight straight 35-footers. And in football, it's like, don't take your helmet off. Don't put any of this stuff online. I would love to watch Adele Beckham grab footballs from some gun or some punts backwards. And why can't I watch that? Is it online? It's probably not. Probably. I don't know. Some Maybe somebody in the stands was filming it. But I mean, that's like what they get early to go. They try to let people in early to watch Kerry shoot, right? And the Warriors like were Curry, trying. Yeah. yeah they were trying to get thing. people. Yeah. yeah. And so you could see it during camp. But to me, there's some guys that have such unique skills catching the ball. Like Chris Carter was like, really? Like he was amazing. And I, and watching Beckham, he was like that. Jarvis Landry. What's the, what's the list, by the way? Is there is there like a Mount Rushmore for that? A hands? Yeah. Like uh, just you know, guys the guy warming would be up? on the list. House, you may remember this guy. We signed him as a free agent when Belichick and I were in Cleveland in old plan B. Keenan McCardle oh, might have wow. had the greatest hands I've ever seen. I, really? Not Chris Carter type hands, <laughs> but close. But he and he was slow. That was the rub he was with him, not, right? He was not slow, but of course, well, we were so stupid. We let Tom Coughlin come into our practices to let him evaluate. This is in '95, before yeah. the Jaguars became a team in '96. And of course, he stole. <laughs> he stole. And that was it. Keenan McCardle from us, and he went on to have a really good career with Mark Brunel. But he had hands like. You know, you, everybody grades hands on a scale of one to one to nine, right? And the mm. six and the four hands are pretty much the same. They're just inconsistent. You know, I watch you one day, you look like a six. I watch House the next day, it might be a four. They're about the same, but it's they're 400 inconsistent. Four hundred pounds after the end of the right? season. <laughs> but like seven or eight hands, like Carter has and McCardle has, those are rare to find. Those what, is, are, what do you think Tate has? Uh, I would probably say Tate's a five. Oh, right, right in the middle. What's yeah, Beckham? <laughs> Beckham would definitely be a seven. Beckham, seven. 
I would say Tate could have the spectacular catch every once in a while, but then maybe also drop the third and eight. Like, just yeah. high swings. So, well, like OBJ the, in the playoffs. The, the, yeah, the tall, big receiver who can make the make the highlight film play. Yeah. Braylon Edwards type. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the guy who's, who's alligator arming over the middle. Yeah. I just don't want to get hit. Just don't hit me. <laughs> the contact would play into effect yeah. here. Absolutely. But anyway, so I, I think that the fans see that, and that's what makes Beckham so spectacular as a player is his uniqueness in terms of how well Jarvis Landry catches it just as good. I mean, Jarvis Landry's got incredible hands, I can't too. wait for the Pats to sign him in two years. It's mm. going to be incredible. Yeah, did Blake Bortles give you that kind of feeling watching Blake him warm Bortles up? Blake Bortles has never given me any feeling. In fact, I'll double down <laughs> on Blake Bortles if you want. Like, I, I love all this talk about how Blake's turned around. Like, I'm going to double down and say, I think Blake's going to have a worse season this year. Ooh, I'll double down. How can he have down. a worse season? I, what I, needs I, to happen? I, I'm just saying, they're playing tonight, and I don't care what he does against New England. I'll tell you, if you're a Jaguar fan, I don't think your team's going to be very good because you got Blake Bortles and that's it. Lombardi is right on cue right now. We're actually gonna, the whole point of the podcast today is to do summer hot air storylines. So these are bold predictions oh, that are being so made in that. the summer. Lombardi just started off with his main one. I can't oh, read the paper his anymore. His favorite Blake Bortles just took him down. It's uh, impossible. I go to the redzone.org every morning to try to start to read something and try to with an open mind, you know, and like <laughs> this guy's having a great day. This guy's having like nobody's having a great Everyone's day. Everyone's exceeding expectations. Sean McVay just proclaimed somebody has a stranglehold over the yes. backup running back. They played four practices. He's giving them a stranglehold. Against two, yeah. Well, Todd Gurley's going to get the ball. That's all we know. Yeah, that's the Rams' offense. I'm sorry, in a nutshell. I interrupt you. Too. No, it's just the whole point of today is we're going to do a lot of summer hot air storylines. We're going to play some quotes. We're going to react. Well, explain we're- what the hot air storylines is. It's. I mean, part of this is from Mitchell out of mid-August. There's nothing to talk nothing about. Going on, right? And that's when people start looking at each other and going, "I'll tell you what." I think Blake Borders could make the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, he just, you got nothing to talk about. Right. He went to see some guru this summer and yeah. he's going to turn his game around. Yeah. He's scared to get hit. He's getting the ball. It's like a hot potato in his hand. Like, there's no chance. I know David Caldwell, the GM there. He's just, he's go. I call him John Smith. He's going down with the Titanic. Edwin Smith. He's going down with the Titanic. Tate, little tip for you. Yeah. House, you would love this Twitter feed. There's a Twitter feed called Blake Bortles Facts. <laughs> and it's all facts that are actually true. I got to like, follow this. But it, but, but the, he, the Lombardi tweets, runs the account. The, <laughs> the tweets are like, if Blake Bortles throws eight touchdowns in week one, he'll set the record for most touchdowns. It's all things Blake Bortles can't do. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, Blake Bortles has thrown 88 touchdowns to nine different teams. So he, he's figured out a way to make fun of Blake Bortles while just presenting the Blake Bortles facts. It's tr- kudos to that guy. He only has 3,000 followers. <laughs> oh, I'm following. It's tremendous. Okay, all right, Kate, Kate, let's hear it. Hot air. First one that we have up, uh, Andrew Luck, a guy, quarterback that a lot of people love. Everyone thinks he's a good guy. Uh, you know, he's basically become a star at this point. We all remember the playoff game against the Chiefs when he came back against Andy Reid. It's probably his biggest claim to fame. Stephen A. Smith and Jeff Saturday were on the uh, program first take this summer, and they had a heated debate. And uh, the they question, had a heated debate. A heated what? debate. I don't know. Embrace it, and uh, it happens every week. Has Luck lived up to the hype? Was the question, and we're going to play their response right now. Has he lived up to the hype? Oh wow. <laughs> Just because most teams would take him does not mean that he's lived up to or surpassed hype. Nobody's saying what, that Andrew Luck what, is a what, scrub. What Nobody's saying to, that he's what, not what, a scrub. What hype has he lived up to? What has well, he I, not done? I just told you. Well, they're 9 and 12. Well, wait a minute. They're 9 and 12, three over, and the three in 12 the over the last 21 he's, games he started. The AFC side. Wait a minute. I'm talking to Jeff Saturday here. I'm with Jeff you. Jeff Saturday and I. 
Hold it. Jeff Saturday and I have been on the air together. Absolutely. I'm just answering your question. Okay. I'm just answering your question. Jeff Saturday and I have been on the air together in the past. You know what a stud I believe he is. But as it pertains to the specific question in terms of the height, there have been times where we sat up there and even though we pointed to the level of protection he's not getting, we also pointed to his decision making. We also pointed to the absence of growth. We also pointed to the fact that he needed to really go about the business of imploring the organization to come up with mechanisms to protect him better. We've talked about a lot of these but things. But you're blaming but him for the GM with the most stuff, important position in the game. You're which blaming is the him for the but, but, but here's my issue. Is if this conversation happens last year after the after last season, I mean after the season two or two seasons ago, I would get it. But he's come back from that. Last year he had four thousand plus yards, thirty plus touchdowns, thirteen interceptions. The guy has played as well as you can ask him to play with what you've surrounded him with. All right, can I add something to this just just to stir the pot a little bit? It's reliably reported to me, and yes. I mean this is fact that Ryan Grigson, the general manager, who basically they're all criticizing in the mm. thing because they're basically saying that Luck's no big deal. It's the rest of the team around them. It's the Mike. rest of the team. And Grigson has been the architect of this bad team around them. Yeah. Thinks he's never made a mistake. Thinks he was justly unfairly fired. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's reliably reported to me. And I find it fascinating since, you know, I'm not sure whose side I'm on after listening to all that. But the one thing I do know... <laughs> <laughs> One thing I do know is Luck has yet to prove and he can have a signature win. And the reality is the team around them, when you have little receivers like he has that can't run with the ball yep. after – I mean, they make plays down the field. They've made this offense to where he's prone to get hurt. It's all seven-step drop, throw the ball down the field because they got little receivers. They want to throw it down the field. And I, I think the guy is overhyped. I really do. I think he hasn't proven out to be the player because I can't find a signature well, what is, win. But what does overhype mean, though? Well, because I think everybody and go because I was at NFL Network at the time. Yeah. All right. When he came out with RG three. Oh, you mean overhyped like for what yeah. he was supposed I to mean, be four I, years Charlie ago? Charlie Cashley was proclaiming him as the next John. I sat right next to Charlie, and he was saying he's the next John Elway. And I, you know, no, what time out? Wait, a minute. they both went to Stanford, but he's not the next John Elway. Like, okay, he's a great player, and I think every franchise would love to have him as their quarterback, no doubt. But I, I think he was projected to be this incredible player. When in reality, look at his road record. Look at the interceptions. I can make a reel. In fact, I had it. It's still back at the Patriots. Of interceptions he could have thrown. Yeah. Mm. That were dropped. They weren't just like bad. They were just dropped. I mean, he takes a lot of chances. I think he gets away with a lot of things because he is overhyped in that say, well, it's Andrew Luck. It's okay. It's okay. And I, so I do think there is some, un but I think the team around him was bad. And it was badly designed for his skill set. I mean, set. they did make the AFC title game. That's good. Yeah. They played behind by just so many times. My memory of the Andrew Luck era is just them being down by 17. and then It's like 28 them, to 3 every game. And then trying, like, him right. trying to come back and yeah. him almost coming back or coming back. And he takes a lot of hits. But when that, the funniest thing when they're talking about, I think that was Jeff Saturday talking about the stats and he's comparing Luck's stats. I don't think you can compare anybody's stats from this decade to anybody last decade. Mm -hmm. It's so nobody gets hit anymore. Right. The interceptions are way down. Like even the most out. Like you sent me that list of trying to guess who was who between Matthew <laughs> Stafford and Andy Dalton. It's Andy Dalton's stats are good if you look at them. <laughs> you just look at everybody. The even bad quarterbacks have four thousand yard passing. Like seasons. I grew up. 
I grew up with Steve Grogan. Steve Grogan would have years, he'd throw nine touchdowns with 17 interceptions. That right. was his whole year. Right. So, I don't know. I, I think it's really hard. Well, Saturday's over there saying he doesn't have a running game. That's why he has so many yards passing. I mean, you know, it's the chicken True. and the egg thing. I mean, it's, of, so it's about winning. I mean, in baseball, they put starting, they put pitchers win-loss record up there, okay? And Luck's done a good job of winning. I grant that. But well, now the they put whip and XFIP and whatever that ERA is. plus. Yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I just think, to me, Luck is a guy that needs to have a better supporting case. He needs receivers that complement what he can do. Well, let me ask you this. If Manning's first five years had been with Luck's team and coach from the first five years... He would have had the coach fired. Yeah, he, there's right. no way he would have. There's no or way his dad would have. There's no way he would have. Where's Oliver Luck when you need him? There's yeah, no way he would have tolerated all this seven step, all this down the field. Th- I mean, there was going to be some sophistication what he wanted to do. I mean, one thing about Peyton, Peyton was very good at understanding what he had to do to be effective, get the ball. He couldn't get sacked. I mean, Peyton didn't take a lot of hits now. He did get rid of it. He got rid of the ball, and the offense was designed to tail it around him, and that's what made them so successful. I don't think they've done that with Luck. I don't think House. they have. As an innocent bystander, mm. if you've ga- I'm sure you've gambled against Andrew Luck in your day. Does are you scared of Andrew Luck when you've gambled against him? I, I Does he put fear in your him. heart? I have been scared because that's I think that's the case for <laughs> Andrew Luck, right? He's I've been in situations going against him where it's like, oh shit, Andrew Luck's getting He's, hot. He can get two, he can get two touchdowns. He does in the have that. Quarter. That's yeah. something. Yeah, and 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 T. Y. Hilton makes plays down the field. So does Dorsett. I mean, they they have guys that get explosive play. But remember, they're playing in a dome, so that's a huge advantage. I mean, nobody talks about that. Playing in a dome is a huge advantage, especially. I for talk th- about it. Nobody listens. That, yeah. That's the Brady Manning argument. Bra- right. Manning had how many more home games in a dome? Like eighty. It's unbelievable. And then when you go outside, you could, the team slows down, and yeah, you know, and so it's funny when we were working on the top twenty-five Pats wins pod, or I should say, me watching those old games. And two years in a row, Manning comes to Foxborough in January in shitty weather. Right, and. You know, and Polian's influence was so powerful. We got the field changed because well, and then the, the Pats and, were mugging and, them in those games, and the, and the rules changed because they were really mugging them. I mean, that really opened up the the reason the passing game is where it is today is because Polian got the rules changed to benefit. And I'm, I'm I think it helps the game. I'm not being critical, of Bill Polian here. I think it helps the game to let. This, Why? Well, let's be critical, of Bill Polian, the ultimate <laughs> Patriots hater. Yeah, I mean, he's so good. It's so he hates the Patriots. You know, who we should ask Andrew Luck. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, Mike, thanks for defending me. This is my Andrew Luck <laughs> I'm not sure I did defend him. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so stunned after hearing all that. I don't know if I defended <laughs> him or not. It's a great Italian. Italian. Uh, but why can't he be like John Elway, right? Like the winning part of the can't Super Bowls. Like the Terrell Davis, like once he gets that ver- that running back, that no-name running back to come there and finally give him a running game, they can compete. They just don't have that. There's the one thing that they don't have. Well, it's not flip, like he doesn't have that the question around. How many quarterbacks would you trust with, a B plus team to actually win the Super Bowl. He's on that list at least. Yeah, he would definitely be on yeah. that list. Look, I, so how many guys are on that list? On, like eight? Here's yeah. the list he's on. If they don't win and Chuck Pagano loses his job, he will be a desirable. Pl- Everybody will want to come coach him. Everybody will want to come coach. If him. If you were a GM, how many first round picks would you give up for Andrew Luck? <sighs> Three. Well, depending if my team was, you know, like okay, if I give up all these picks for Luck, I don't have. Let's any, say you're Minnesota last year. Uh, mm. You know, you would at least give two up for him at least. Yeah, I mean, you put him on that team with the right with the right offensive line in behind a dome. him in a dome. 
David Griffin would give up like five. Like oh he doesn't God. care yeah. about first round picks. Just what like would Billy King give up? Billy King would give up the whole team. <laughs> <laughs> Billy King has lost the franchise. Uh, next one we have Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, oh, hi, my guy. Yeah, you're, we, we mentioned him earlier in his great hands. Uh, Jason Whitlock says he is the most overrated player in NFL history. Oh. And we're going to play that clip now. You've fallen for the okie doke. Uh, Odell <laughs> Beckham Jr. is the most overhyped, overrated player. And he is a great player, but he's overrated. And his celebrity is completely overrated. You put him and Carmelo Anthony in the same room and watch what happened. Oh, no, oh it ain't even close. You could, If Odell's not for the blonde hair, people wouldn't even know who the hell Odell Beckham Jr. Does, is. They do. So Jason Woodlock says it's about OBJ. Says he's overrated. Says it's about the blonde hair. Um, you've seen him in practice. We, we obviously mentioned earlier. But you can't earlier. really believe that, though, yeah. right? I mean, that's the thing. Is this, that, That's the whole point of the summer storylines. It's all fodder. It's all entertaining. But that's like particularly crazy. I, I find it unbelievable to think that they're going to make him the highest paid. Pl- to me, which is the most ridiculous thing I heard all summer was making him the highest paid player in the sport. That's a separate discussion. Yeah. Because like, I agree that that... That's ridiculous, right? You root against Odell twice a year. They, I mean, Yeah, well, because I, I fear him. I can't believe that I'm going to uh, come to Jason Whitlock's defense. That's an absurd thing. But I do think the point that Whitlock was making, which I think I, I kind of uh, understand but don't agree with, is that he's, he's overhyped. He's a media presence, a self-propelled media presence. Um, but I think that is, you know, the comparing him to, to Carmelo is an interesting comparison because Football players don't have that opportunity to self-promote. There's only five basketball players on a court. You know what a basketball player looks like. You mm-hmm. can see his face 82 times over the course of a season. No helmet. Yeah, no, right, exactly. Yeah, so it's that, like with ba- basketball is a naked sport. Football, they have a helmet on most of the time. I, this is like the baseball argument, too. If Mike yeah, Trout came in right now, right. I'm not positive. All five of us, I'm including Jim Cunningham, our producer, would know what Mike Trout looks like. If Carmelo comes in, you know he's tall. He's right. Carmelo. Odell... I'd know because of the hair. It might take me a second. But what if he was bald? What if he cut all the hair off? Right. But I'm going to flip it around, though, because I actually don't think he's overhyped because I think uh, two two things. One, he really resonates with kids. Like, I see it with my son and people in his school. Like... They're in the they're in the schoolyard. They're pretending to be Odell Beckham. Right. Like, He's there's like no Steph other Curry of football. Yeah, there's no other receiver you would pretend to be, and I'm not even sure there's a running back you'd pretend. Maybe you'd pretend to be Le'Veon Bell, but uh, so that's one. And then the other is like, guy's fucking scary. Like if if you're rooting against him or like the Giants fans I know, and it's like they're down three with two minutes left, and they're like, throw the ball to Odell. Odell's gonna get open, right. get us. Like he does have greatness in him. I mean, and I, guys, I think to me that's why he's not overhyped. Yeah, I mean the guy scored thirty five some touchdowns. I mean he's got over thirty touchdowns in three seasons, so you can't dismiss that. I mean he puts the ball in the end zone, he makes plays. Uh, the question, I mean you you worry about his. Uh, he's just a lot of work off the field, yeah, and at some point that and in, I, in football that does not work for and, a long time. And I think term. they magnified the problem by saying they're going to pay him. I think it just creates more of a bigger a bigger uh, issue within their own culture. But if he's overhyped, look, he had some drops in that Green Bay game. I mean, that were critical on third down. I mean, they kind of get past the I was going to say, the, the big case against him is he sucked in that game. Yeah. And they had a chance to beat Green Bay. And, yep. and you know, and Pete went to Miami and all that and that kind of – but the before the game. But to me, he, he's got 288 catches. Landry has 288 catches in their career. Both came out as LSU the same time, three years. And I, and I think, you know – So who would you rather have? 
Oh, well, Beckham's got 14 yards a catch. Landry's got 10. Beckham can make more plays down the field. But Landry's think, not a problem off the field. You don't have to right. worry about Landry's him. Landry's a, a really good player. He's a solid player. Beckham right. gives you that dimension that, you know, if he if he's open in the three line, he, he's going to make it. Though. I think all these wide receivers, for the most part, are divas in some respect. I think except Odell for the guys in the right the culture. But the, remaining, the amazing thing, and House will direct I mean, how did Les Miles not put the ball in the end zone with Jarvis Landry? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. He should never coach a football team again. <laughs> he should never coach a football team again. There were other good guys in that oh, team, There's too. more than first. You could make a team of them. I mean, he couldn't beat Nick Saban. He was trying to play a 9-3 game with Nick Saban. What would Belichick do with Odell Beckham? I think it would have started from the beginning. I think he would have had to buy into the culture. And certainly the culture there isn't about paying, making, pr- promoting you're going to be the highest paid player in the game. I mean, if that's what you want, you're not going to get it there. It's a team sport, and everybody's got to kind of fall in. Look, the guy's a talented player. The one thing I admire about Beckham, he likes football. He does. He comes to play every week. There's no dog in Odell. He plays. He takes great responsibility. be interesting to see how it all handles this year with Brandon Marshall over there in his ear. they got to get the ball to Evan Ingram. they got to get the ball to Sterling Shepard in the slot. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Are you pro Odell Tate? Yeah, I was going to say, I was at that Giants-Panthers game in 2015. Josh Norman, when he had the bat before the game yeah the the drama that like in the building the drama of watching odell like people the giants fans love him to death everyone was talking about it they love him and the cam newton obj like the panthers fans like you know it's like cam's our guy and that but like it's sort of fickle you know like when cam's doing well he's our guy but the giants fans i mean they were down 35 7 in that game and they're like obj's gonna bring us back and he like gets a slant takes it to the house and then he scores another touchdown back to back and that place is going crazy it was like the, I was like the most insane thing I've ever seen in it's a football a little game. Like, it's a little like what the Wiz fans had with, with Gilbert in the mid-2000s. This crazy person who was also great. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> a meteoric talent. I think, uh, you know, uh, the thing that derailed Gilbert was injury. Yeah, so just needs. Not, uh, and John Wall looming. I, I, I do think this about Beckham. I think Beckham is uh, a symbolic of understanding millennials. And not understanding a millennial. And there's a generation of people that understand millennials and then the ones that don't. And so there's that. It's really whether you don't like Beckham or not, you're really going about. It's more about the millennial, how you feel about that, than it is about the person. He can play the game, though. It's like he can do the manners. So OBJ was in the national championship game and he's talking to these old Carolina fans that are there with their, you know, shirts tucked into their khakis and he's shaking hands saying you saying yes, sir. No, sir. Like he can play the game, too. And I think that's why he can. That's why they give him all the money to market the shoes and stuff they're like this guy can do it all when i was at Celts wizards game seven sorry house uh <laughs> as the game was winding down and the celtics were gonna win this guy you know a couple people left to beat the traffic and this young guy came down who was like probably 22 by himself and stood in front of us in in the now empty seat and he had his phone and he kept turning around to me and my dad with his phone but then <laughs> taking pictures of himself with the court behind him and my 69-year-old dad was like, just, it was like a classic, I just don't understand this generation. Like, what's he doing? Is this guy going to stop? And he just didn't get it. The guy's yeah. taking videos and going, woo! Put <laughs> the phone. And, and my dad, it was just, he, he never felt so old. And I think that Odell was part of that generation. Yeah. Odell was like, if anyone was ever going to take a selfie right. as they're running for a football touchdown right. during, during the game, it would be Odell. Hey, uh, speaking of injuries... House has an injured stomach. Let's cure it with Blue Apron. Oh, yeah. The number one <laughs> fresh up. ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country for less than $10 a meal. They deliver seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients right to your door. Blue Apron. Easy to follow. 
No more overspending at restaurants or high-end grocery stores. Prepare memorable meals yourself in under 40 minutes. House, would you like to air some of the meals available in August? This is my favorite part. Basil pesto chicken with summer vegetable panzanella. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Sautéed shrimp and green beans with globe tomato spinach and orzo pasta. We're keeping it light in the summer. I enjoy yeah. this. <laughs> whole, grain, whole grain pasta, summer vegetables, heirloom tomato caprese salad. Oh, you love the caprese. The caprese. You can go a lot of ways with the caprese. <laughs> Miso butter, salmon, and lo mein noodles with cucumber and charmed tomatoes. Oh, the Asian touch. And finally, the meatball pizza with fresh mozzarella cheese and charmed tomatoes. You cannot F up a meatball pizza. That sounds delightful. Right now, you can get your first three Blue Apron meals for free with free shipping. Just go to blueapron.com slash BS. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. What well, else do we have, Tate? I feel like this is almost like a house Wait, of cards, GM him, Street. I gotta ask him a question. Yeah. <laughs> I have to, like, where is the best pizza in D.C.? Like, is there like oh, one? Oh, boy. It, D.C. pizza is on the come up. You know, mm. we, we had David Chang on the house of cards. A few weeks ago, and we were talking, we asked him, you know, what next kind of comfort food thing? Where's there innovation in a, in a traditional kind of comfort food? And he said, pizza. Pizza is still, there's a lot of ways pizza can go. And the question was put to me, what do you think about pizza in D.C.? And I, was, I had a hard time coming up with a good answer on the spot. But I, I, upon further review and consideration, there are a half dozen really interesting, innovative joints going at pizza. And everybody's doing... Um, uh, coming back to a traditional Neapolitan kind of you know delivery, the old Italian way, you can get an uh, you know the the perfect wood burning oven. You know all of the the um, tools you need to generate good good pizza are, are are available because the whole world is available to everybody now. Right. You can get the wood, you can get the oven, you can create recreate. You're not answering the question. This is like a listen to a place. I'm yeah. just saying. Name I, a place. He's going to DC. He wants you, to get a slice a of pizza. For you, though. You're giving him a pizza lecture. Wise guys is outstanding, and so is uh, Timber. Uh, I'm gonna mess up the name, but they're, they're just wise guys. I mess up every name. Don't worry, I mess yeah. up all the names. Is it by the slice? But do you realize the yes, number one great. meal on death row is pizza? Huh. Is that true? That's true. What wow. a tidbit here in the, the BS report presented by GM one Street. meal requested BS on podcast. Death Row is pizza. Wow. It's comfort food. It is. I guess you're getting comfortable before you go. I have no idea. <laughs> I, mean, I hope I'm never there, but... My wife my wife decided that her last meal on earth is the Cabot's hot dogs and brown bed with baked beans in Newton, Ooh. Massachusetts. Wow. She said that's, that's how she'd want to go out. Incredible. Yeah. That's how good it that's is. That's different. Like, last meal on earth... Versus death row meal. Those are two different ideas. Well, she yeah. was like death row, lab, whatever. Okay. She wants, that's her last thing she'd want to wow. eat. All right. Yeah. Hot dogs. Is hot dog, was hot dogs on the list, Lombardi? No, pizza. That's a pizza. That's I'd number one. Caviar. Pizza is such a bad last meal. I agree. Yeah. It's, it's pretty- like some meat or something. I mean, how can you go wrong with pizza, bread, and gravy? I mean, kind of sounds like wrong. they panicked when they asked them, you know, they didn't really thought about it yet. And they're like, I, I I'm mean, telling pizza, you. I guess. Yeah. That's, uh, that's the fact. Yeah. It would be funny if it was gluten-free pizza. <laughs> yeah, that would be, yeah. I'm really watching myself so. before I go. Uh, next up, the Seattle mm. Seahawks. Richard Sherman, we, we've talked a lot. Mike Lombardi, early on GM Street, if you go back, uh, sort of reported that Richard Sherman was being shopped. It was acknowledged that he was being shopped at one point. Maybe, possibly. He said that he's always on the market. He said everyone's on the market. It's a business. Um, but he also comes out and he says that he and Russell Wilson are phenomenal uh, as far as teammates, there's no way that's true. That's that's what he said. There's Joe, no Joe way those guys have ever hung out. He do you think it. they've ever hung out? No. What no would they chance. do if they hung out? We're talking about books? what does anyone do with Russell Wilson? What would you do with Russell Wilson? Read the Bible. Is that what he does? I don't know. I mean, maybe I don't. Would you watch like a 
I don't know, sit down and watch Siesta Key on MTV with them? Like, what do you do? What is he into? <laughs> I, I think he's know. a good hang. I'm coming to Russell Wilson's defense. <laughs> okay. I th- I've, I've watched him on Nickelodeon Kids. Oh. Oh. My kid loves Russell Wilson. See, this is so cute. House is in this mode now, which I, I remember being in. Yeah. When the pro athletes show up on the Disney slash Nickelodeon shows, you like Chris Bosh, I love for life. He had a great episode of Jesse. See what I'm so saying? So now you love Russell Wilson because yeah. he made your kid happy for he two minutes. He makes my kid happy. And you okay. can see how good he is with kids. There's something about his personality that that um, makes people want to be around him. He's got a magnetic personality. I think he could be a good. A Tate hang. totally disagrees. Yeah, Tate does not find it magnetic in the least. You think it's a fa- it's a little bit of false? I've seen Russell Wilson do a lot of things on a football field that are amazing. Off the field, you know, that's put it, it this is way: it is. if he it's, went to Duke, Tate wouldn't have been surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's deeper than just yeah, it's, yeah, this. This is so deep. Oh, we yeah, don't have enough time. Yeah, for that's this. like but a North wait. Carolina rivalry. Yeah, it's a lot. That goes but a lot. Not to interrupt back. this Sherman Wilson thing, but I heard that we heard we're driving the car today, and they said Mike Shashevsky yeah. had had uh, his knee, knee replaced. Surgery. Yeah, and I said in the car, I was like, if they start out two and five, Coach K is gonna take time off with because his knee hurts, and Tate's gonna go crazy. The thing so about you, it, you're on the record with that he one. He got already, the right? exact same thing last year on the other knee, right? Yeah. Before, he, but he went to the Olympics anyway. Yeah. I just don't think he wanted to go to the Dominican Republic. Right. So if you're in the Dominican Republic, Coach Cal loves you. Coach K does not love you. Take that. Tate thinks all of Coach K's medical decisions are based on Wins whether he wants where he wants to go and how his team it's, is it's playing. It's an ability to maneuver in yeah. any situation. Control he's, he's, the headline game. It's the best. Tate's hatred for Duke is my favorite ringer subplot. Anyway, go ahead. What was the way you would describe your relationship with Russell Wilson? Do you remember what word you Um Professional. Yes, it was professional. Why, why did you specifically choose professional? Because we're pros. We hang out from time to time. We're, you know what I mean? We're, we get along. Everybody gets along. Um, but is my relationship with Russell the same as it is with Doug or the same as it is with Bobby? No, but is, is his relationship with me the same as it is with, with um, Noe or, or Britt? Or, you know what I mean? It's just different dynamics. But as, as teammates, we're phenomenal. So I think he, he answered it, right? He's professional. Yeah. And so, but, but it wasn't it a weird, it, I mean, not to go into this anymore, but just the, basically the way he sets it up is like, yeah, we, I mean, you know, we don't get along necessarily. Like we're not the best of friends. We're professional. And then later turns around and is like, but we're phenomenal. You know, it, it's just like the funniest way. It's like, yeah, you know, all this stuff, it leads all up. It's like, but we're phenomenal. I don't um, know how you answer that question. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know either. I mean, it's so hard. Look, they, they have a station. The most important thing, they share a common goal. And I think the one thing about practice at Seattle it's competitive and mm-hmm. and and Pete's teaching competitive practice I mean Pete's the guy driving this machine so Pete loves this kind of conversation this is what makes Pete fuel his fire because it gets the competitive juices going this is what he's coaching I mean, well, it's completely opposite in New England, right? New England's players say nothing. Seattle players are outspoken, and it, and it both works. I mean, it just shows you that it can work, and I think that that Sherman's pretty clear. But they're not going to. I mean, Malcolm Butler and Brady aren't hanging out, even though Brady gave him a car. They're not hanging out. Brady he Brady would hang out with them if he did TB12, right? And did not his anything. life the TB12 way? But, yeah. But they all, you know, I would, I would. He'd hang they're out all with me eating too. better there. There's no doubt. Brady's way of eating is kind of. 
change the whole for the every it kind of rubs every because you see a guy who's 40 years old look at the way he looks he, yeah he's throwing 55 yard spirals to brandon cook i mean it's unbelievable hitting him in stride yeah, it's literally on stop the house, house. <laughs> we will <laughs> shut off your mic not believable house will shut off your mic with doctors so like it's a clean life carusu guerrero whoever is his uh, guru healthy. is there the house. sure he does house sure come on does. house it's patriots week yeah <laughs> lombardi is there a documented case in the last 30 years of a defense versus offense feud that actually submarine a team? Because I remember like the Eagles in the early 90s. Remember that they, they yeah. had that great, great defense and the offense wasn't good enough? And there well, was I, a I great book he, written about it by Mark Bowden. I think that the, the Houston Oilers, when Buddy Ryan was there with Kevin Gilbride, I mean, that, that the Houston, one of the tragedies of the NFL, and Mike, Mike, uh, Holovac was the general manager of the Houston Texas, Houston Oilers, should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, that's a collection of some of the greatest players yeah. that have ever been put together. And for them not to win, I mean, yeah. they won one divisional game and got to a conference championship game and had a 35-3 lead and lost it. You know, I, I, I think that that team had a lot of bad chemistry about it. And I think the offense... Do you think it hurt the Seahawks the last two years? Yeah, I do. It seemed I, like it hurt them a little bit. I yeah. think what happened was, here's why I think it hurt them. It made the Seahawks offense try to be something or not. Yeah. And it took them out of their personality. The 49ers, when they were great with Walsh, the Walsh's genius behind the offense made Seaford and the defense become more creative. So it's a little bit of, you know, if you're playing against somebody every day and they're kicking your ass, you're going to try to figure out a way to do it. Well, that's with the 49ers. Well, Seattle was trying to do something different to beat their defense. But they just weren't good at it, and it made themselves worse as opposed to just stay with who they are. Don't turn the ball over, run it, run the outside zone, play action. This is Russell Wilson's game. I think sometimes if you get lose sight, that's why the head coach has got to keep things under control. But doesn't that come back to the Russell thing? So we had that five-interception game against the Packers. That was the probably the most vulnerable he's ever looked. And it was because he couldn't move because his ankle is messed up. He's, his ribs are all messed up. He's basically injured last season. He's not up. the same guy. He goes this whole offseason. He lost, he was 225 last year. He's lost all this weight. He says he's in the best shape of his life. He said he's not chubby anymore. He's got a whole new TB, his own version of TB12. It's like he completely has flipped the whole narrative. And now, like, Richard Sherman's, you know, great teammates with him. And it just seems like it's the old Russell Wilson as far as, like, the golden boy. The golden boy image is back with him. Yeah. And that's what they need in Seattle. I mean, I'm told by a lot of people in the league that, that Seattle this summer, I wasn't out at their camp, but I think Seattle this summer is back to the Seattle vault. And I think Seattle's 13 and 12 and 13 teams, 14. I think they'll be that. I think they're going to be hard to play. Look, they got San Francisco, which will be better, but they're still not any good. Seattle. Come on. They're, they're not, not going to be, be any good, good right? No. And the Rams, I know everybody. <laughs> oh, summer God, sensation no. with, I know our boy Goff is having tremendous time yeah. in May and all that. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and Arizona's got a quarterback who I think is going to go back to what he always was, which was last year. Still don't have a corner. I think Seattle wins that easily. Who's in better shape, Byron Leftwich or Carson Palmer? I'd give it to Carson. I love Byron. I mean, Byron was just happy to he. You know, nobody was happier than he was. He's calling plays for Carson. I'm happy for him. I don't think. I don't think Byron Wait, could play as much yeah. golf. What I don't do think he's a QB coach. I don't think Byron Leftwich. Yes. I don't think he could play as much golf as Carson plays. That's. I think the, the walk-in would get to Byron. Yeah, that's, that makes sense. But Wilson, right? So. If if everything goes right and he has this great year, he's got two years left on his deal. I mean, is he getting the, the largest? He's getting the Andrew Luck contract, or now that we're seeing like you know, all well, it's going to be the Matthew Stafford contract once yeah, that or comes the Matt out. Ryan contract. Uh, and Andy Dalton, or the gonna, Kirk Cousins contract. Or, yeah. Yeah, Kirk Cousins is going to be the first hundred million dollar man, hundred million dollar a year. Can I? <laughs> 
Joe, Joe Alex just fell back in his chair when that was mentioned. Can I give an early opinion on the Matt Stafford contract extension? Yes, yes please. Ooh. Nah. Well, it's fair. I mean, you could. Baltimore's in this spot with Flacco, right? right. They had to. They had and to. And Detroit's going to be in this spot with Stafford. Super Bowl, at they least. have to. I know. But it's. But at some point, you, you can't have to pay, say It's like Stafford. fantasy. You, you can't pay $53 Stafford. for a quarterback. Look, you, you, you can't have all the money. You can't have it all. You're, you know, if you want well, to be, if you have it all here, go look at Joe Flacco. Go look at what happened to the Ravens the last few years because this contract. Because I, go, go ahead, ahead. So I, This is my your Kirk Cousins probably argument? my hottest take of the summer. Ooh, <laughs> oh, should we have Jim hot air? Cut his hot air. I think the Washington Deadskins, through their own sheer ineptitude and incompetence, have done exactly the right thing with Kirk Cousins. Okay, it's a series of one-year deals yes. that they're not too... Pro- show it. They've done show-me contracts, and they're paying a tax for that, right? They're paying the franchise tax. But what they are avoiding by way of these one-year show-me deals is the franchise submarining salary cap hit that you get by paying the guy. Now, if they could have signed him two years ago and, and you know had it rated out over four or five years... Um, if that was an option that they missed, an opportunity that they missed, then they properly deserve the criticism. But I think they, they kind of stumbled themselves into this corner where it's a show-me contract each year. And at the guts of it, what you know they have to believe is he might not be that good. He's, well, he might not be that bad either. But well, he's, here's the reality, though. I, I think, look, when the Sixers signed J.J. Redick to the $23 million deal, after I got up off the ground, I felt good about it because at least it was only one year. Right. So I, I hear, I get your point. But the problem is, is this, they've done nothing to draft a quarterback to come in and say mm. they keep getting taxed again. And yeah. at some point, if they would have picked a quarterback or done something, I would say, you know what? There's a plan there. But without doing that, there's an absence like of a plan. Like what Kansas City did this exactly. year. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Like, okay, look, we're going to pay you, Kirk, but we're going to go up in the draft and we're going to take Deshaun Watson or we're going to get Mahomes or we're going to take somebody. But we're not going through this. You know, I'm, Blake Bortles will be available for you next year. I can see that. I can <laughs> oh see that. Gosh. Poor Blake. It's the most Deadskins move ever. Wait, does it hurt them to do the one year, one year? Is there there's some sort of tax it's that expensive. I don't know about? It's expensive. Well, it's expensive. It's more expensive to pay him $130 million. Dollars, it, next year, you can't, the only way you can franchise someone three years in a row, it goes. you have to pay 44% of his last year's salary. So his number, whatever it's what twenty five million this year, right? Forty four percent of that. So what's your alternative now? So that's a hundred million dollars. Well, no, it won't be. I mean, my oh, math. No, I can't do math. My math is horrible, but you know, it's going to be somewhere in the thirties, right? Could you a single year it's two hundred ninety million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Be on a one year deal that would make him the, the highest paid quarterback in the league by a lot, right? Would, would yeah. you so like that? Well, that would mean that he proved that he deserved to be franchised again, which means we might have made the playoffs. I mean, but if you're his agent, just say how you you become priority sport and you now represent Kirk Cousins and just hypothetically say he has a great year. Okay, why would you not? Why would you not just sit there and say, "Pay me forty four percent increase"? That's yeah. exactly the correct it's answer. It's a great deal for Cousins. This is a win win, a rare win win in Washington. You know what else is a win-win? Stamps.com. <laughs> I still use them, Bill. Convenient, easy, them. reliable, flexible. My favorite words to describe them. You, you don't go to the post office, I right? I stamps, I've used yeah, Stamps.com use stamps. since the BS report. I know Tate. I mean, he doesn't Always. know where the post office oh, is. Yeah. House, I don't know what you do. You're old school. God only knows with you. But buy and print official U.S. postage with your own computer and printer. 
Sign up with stamps.com. It's the U.S. Postal Service right at your fingertips. Any letter, any package, any class, million, in control of all of it. Stamps.com will send you a digital scale. That's Zach Randolph, big stamps.com fan. Too soon? Too soon. Ah, Jim, we have to edit that out. Damn it. That's a great joke. Stamps.com would enjoy that joke. Uh, Stamps.com will send you a digital scale that automatically calculates exact postage. Helps you send the best class of mail. Right now, use my code BS for the special offer. A four-week trial plus postage plus a digital scale without long-term commitments. Go to stamps.com. Click on the microphone. Top of the homepage. Type in BS. Stamps.com. Enter BS. Sign up today. Sign up today. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. What do we got next, Tate? This will be the last one. Cameron okay. Newton, quarterback of the Carolina yeah. Panthers. Cameron Newton, I like that. I've yeah. heard of him. Yeah, he's uh, he was an MVP once upon a time, and now everyone's back on the. Are we sure he's good? Are we sure he is an elite quarterback? Um, and a couple of guys, Willie Colon actually came out. Uh, people remember Willie Colon from the uh, the Steelers when they won the Super Bowl. He came out and said that Cam was a system quarterback, and uh, said, "quote unquote," we're not sure if he's that smart. And then after that... That's uh, tough. I hate that. That's then tough. Colin Coward came after that and said that Cam is a running quarterback and that's the easiest job in football. I heard him have a whole take about how bad his MVP follow-up year was and it would be the equivalent of Russell Westbrook... Shooting 38%. Shooting 38%. Right? Do you have that take? Is that what you're playing? No, no, no. But he said, but he said that and then goes through this whole thing and then somebody else on the set with him, because I was listening on the radio, was like... But Colin, it's a team sport. Basically, like, you know, yeah. Russell Westbrook shot 38%. He's by himself. Cam Newton, could his stuff could go down, but yeah. other players of might factor into that. Of all the things I would that. think of Cam Newton, the word system would never come into play. Like, I wouldn't, like, I don't, like, Willie Colon's critique of Cam to say he's a system. Like, I just don't see that. I think he's a loose play quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think he can be hot. I think he is a running quarterback in this era. Uh and I think that David did a really good job of utilizing David Shula did a good job of utilizing his skill set when he's healthy, but they didn't have a lot of guys healthy last year. I, I think I, they had trouble blocking. I think he got banged up from the first week right. he was messed up, and they didn't really have enough weapons. I mean, he's still banged up. I saw him last night before I left to fly to L.A. He stayed on the sideline eating sunflower seeds. I mean, yeah. you know, so he's still not able to play out there. I think he gets a lot of criticism for, you know, that are not fair. I mean, the guy is hard. If you're going to go play, if I'm driving to the stadium on Sunday morning and he's the quarterback, you got to worry about tackling him. You got to worry about catching him and you got to worry about throwing the ball. He's not going to be great on third down, but a lot of guys aren't great on third down. There's, we keep judging quarterbacks in one size fits all and you got to take a step back. They're not going to be that way. And the thing about Cam is a lot of the stuff that he gets, right, is from not being able to stand in the pocket and make a throw. Throws off his back foot a lot. But he's one of the few guys that has enough arm straight to throw off his back foot. Right. I mean, that's sort of what he's good at. I mean, he just chunks it up his heart. So we should take Dirk, tracks him Dirk down. Dubitsky's one-legged shots that he made in his life and he's, throw them out because he didn't shoot them like we did in Catholic school? I mean, come on. It's a joke. Running is an easy, lazier way to play quarterback. It'll beat you up physically, but it's easier. You don't have to sit in the film room forever to run. You got to sit in the film room forever to be a pocket quarterback. You got to read a lot of tape. Cam Newton and the coaches in Carolina are trying to help him. They're trying to make him more of a pocket quarterback. Less shots, more wins. I get how hard it is to do radio or TV, whatever it is the coward does in the middle of the summer to make stuff up. That's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. That was like 35 <laughs> seconds of, of just dumb thing after dumb thing. Well, I mean, that it was, what was his ultimate point? The whole point is that Cam Newton is basically 
taking the easy way out, right? He's saying that he compares it to Tom Brady. He says Brady, when he goes home, all he wants to do is watch film. Or Aaron Rodgers, all he wants to do is watch film. Cam Newton doesn't want to watch film. And, and all this is conjecture, of course. But basically the whole point is that he doesn't want to do it the hard way. He wants to rely on his athleticism, which is, I feel like Cam Newton is his John Wall proxy in football. You know, it's I, like This is the thing. This is why I know it's rubbing me the wrong way. I mean, this, this, it's lazy to be a running quarterback. He doesn't want to put in the work. I, I can't stand that kind of stuff. And I know that I'm, it's a trigger. I've been triggered. <laughs> That's why you're here. Because Alex, of the John you. Wall thing. We I set mean, you up. We set you up. You really did. We, we, we Paul cast a lot of you. We set you up. Well, the John Wall thing, everyone in, in, uh, in Chocolate City loves John Wall. And then it turns out, do your spiel about how screwed up John Wall's knees were. Well, no, it's not my spiel. We came to understand that no, you but played they showed the whole him the picture. season. Yeah. I, I didn't. Somebody we heard the story it wasn't my spiel. It was, oh, that's right. Yeah, somebody a, else told us the story. Yeah, they showed the picture of his knees before he got him fixed, and the doctors were like, "Holy shit, how'd you, you play with this?" That? Yeah, and they fixed his knees, and he was like, "Oh my god, I can run fast again." And you know, I don't know. John Wall's a lot of heart. I, I think that's I have trouble we, with the with the the whole narrative of. This guy doesn't work that hard. How do we know? We're not there. Well, with them. I know he works hard. I mean, everybody I've talked to in Carolina says he does work hard. I mean, the coaches there, they're not bitching about him. I if mean, your you, quarterback doesn't work hard, the whole organization will be talking about that nonstop. He, exactly. They were in the effing Super Bowl two years ago. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure he works hard. It, yeah. It's sort of like when the They Bra- were 15 and 1. Yeah. yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah. They almost were a perfect season that year. And it's like when Brady, everyone was like, he's done. You know, that, that against the Chiefs game when they lost that Chiefs game. like, he's done. He's done. His Thank God I was on Twitter that it's week. Like, that's Tom Brady. Like, that's, that's Cam <laughs> Newton. That's, in, that's the MVP two years ago. Like, what, what's the point? And they poke and prod him and like the guy he reads it like he reads all this stuff he reads it you know gets in his own head about it and then well you shouldn't read this stuff i don't i don't think if i'm a quarterback i'm not reading anything well yeah. because first i don't of think all, tom pe- brady reads jack shit no because the people evaluate don't understand it like they don't understand what you're going through they don't understand all the hardship you have whether it's the injuries or the thing they don't really get the big picture and even somebody like that knows the game you you make judgments on i remember the one year i was watching logan logan uh, mankins play for the patriots mm-hmm. And I'm like, God, he doesn't look very good. He can't. What well, comes out? He had. An, he was playing on a torn ACL. Oh, he right. wouldn't look good either. Yeah. Right. You know, I don't know that. I'm not on the privy. I'm not privy to that. You know. And so there's sometimes you're going to make mistakes and you judge a guy. I just think sometimes we're way too hard on Cam because he doesn't do it the way we visualize a quarterback should play. Aaron Rodgers, just for the record, doesn't do it the way because the way they call plays there and the way they're set up, he has to he has to make plays with his feet too. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't run for it. He makes a lot of loose plays. Here's, here's my best point of the summer. I almost want to oh give my. this a sponsor. <laughs> I was talking to Chris Ryan about this. It's really interesting because when I was growing up, basketball, I loved the NBA the most of all the sports. And everybody's like, the NBA is too black. It's the, the, they couldn't figure out how to market it. It's this whole thing. And there's all these crazy stories about it that if you re- reread it, you just can't believe it. And then things started to flip. Bird of Magic come along. Jordan comes along. NBA is doing great. Then the late 90s hit. Now all of a sudden it's like we can't identify with these guys. They're all making too much money. They're all complaining. Then it starts flipping again with the LeBron era. Now you see it. This decade, it's flipped where the NFL is where the NBA was. Where these NFL guys get no benefit of the doubt. You look at like the NBA, right? Who is Westbrook's doppelganger in the NFL? It's Cam Newton, right? Interesting personality. One of a kind athlete. Flamboyant. Beats to his own drum. Mm-hmm. 
if Cam Newton was in basketball, people would fucking love Cam Newton. Yeah. He would be treated the same way Westbrook's treated and all these other guys. And if Westbrook was in football, what would they say, Mike? What would they say about Westbrook in football? I say he's a loner, shellfish. Yeah, he's not. That hasn't really bought into the bought team. Into the team concept. He yeah. plays really hard, but, but he he's all about his own stats. But he works yeah. his ass off. He's in shape. I mean, you know, at some point you have to not. This is the hardest thing. My generation, if you're evaluating to Alanis, you can't judge players at, through your eyes. You have to go back and understand what millennials do, and then you have to kind of put because nobody's going like that's the hardest thing for Tom Brady. He's forty years old. All these rookies are twenty-one. Right. He can't react to how they are. When we brought Braxton Miller in for a work for a visit, and this really taught us a lot. Braxton Miller's a flamboyant millennial talk about himself, the selfie guy, you know, and it kind of turned off people in the building because he wasn't exactly a patriot kind of quote-unquote guy but there's a deeper lesson to learn there and that's when we all started to learn about what it is millennials and how it all changes because if you're just going to cast a guy aside because you don't really relate to him from your generation you're gonna make a lot of mistakes yeah i mean aaron hernandez no it's <laughs> oh, yeah, right. come on mike come on no but i do think like uh like odell beckham yeah if you put Odell Beckham on the Los Angeles Lakers right now, and he was the basketball version of Odell Beckham, people would be having a jerk-off session about it. Oh my God. They wouldn't be talking about, oh, Odell Beckham, it's just, he wants to be the highest-paid player. Oh, that's crazy. It, He'd be like, yeah, Odell Beckham wants to be the highest-paid player. It's okay. the position, too. Quarterback. Yeah. It is weird, though. I, don't, I, I think some of the racial stuff's overrated, but... Like Roger scrambles all the time. All the time. What yeah. blows me away is, is always like trying to prolong plays we're, we're, and taking crazy hits. Nobody's like, oh, he's got to change the way he plays. Nobody stays in the pot. I mean, Brady does. Phillip Rivers. There's a few guys. But, Brady gets rid of the ball is what but he, he gets does. Rid of the he ball. He's hits. quick. He's quick-minded. Yeah. He might not be quick-footed. He's quick-minded. And that's a difference. And like the game is now spread. The game, the quarterbacks are moving around. Yeah. So that's what we, the, the the day of Jim Plunkett standing back there and taking a beating or Steve Barkowski are over with. They can't but hold the quarterbacks up. are moving around to buy time. They're right. not necessarily moving around so they to can run become a running back and get hit by three yeah, guys. Yeah, the way he was describing, the way Colin was describing, it was almost like Cam's running the wishbone. Right. Like that's yeah. not what he's doing. Well, so, so, all right. So here's a play that Cam does that not a lot of people do, right? The, the little dive play that they did over and over again right. on third and goal from the three take the five steps back and then he goes into the line like a battering ram. It's like a Tebow play. Yeah, you can make a case. Yeah, maybe he's getting a little older. Maybe take that one out of the playbook right. or use it in the most special circumstance right. possible. But Brady took some huge hits last year. And, and Brady look, had big scrambles in the Super Bowl like that he's running around. He got nailed by a couple people. And if, if Brady could run that play, that quarterback draw, they would put it in. But he can't. Well, you know he's 539 out of 540 on QB sneaks. Yeah, he's the best QB sneaker. He got stopped once, but I think they called a, threw a flag on it. But he's yeah, the best. He's the best. Big, but anyway. But yeah, I do think... If you shift your brain and think about football players like basketball players and vice versa, like imagine if Blake Griffin was like a, a, you know, let's say he was a tight end on the Philadelphia Eagles who was getting paid a ton of money who kept getting hurt. What would they say about Blake Griffin? It'd oh, be like Jimmy Graham. Him. Oh, they'd run him out of yeah. town. They'd run him out of Get town. Get rid of this guy. This guy's a bum. He can't stay on the field. Yeah. He, you hit him, he goes Meanwhile, down. the Clippers gave him $180 million. Yeah. That's <laughs> different between basketball and football right now. He's going to be good. I believe in Blake. Hold on, we got one more. Uh, we got to talk about Princess Cruise. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. House loves a cruise. I might like they have a food cruise. and entertainment and drinks. You can gamble and eat and gambling. Pretty sure. Take a vacation anywhere in the world. Where would you go? Where would you go, House? Uh, mm, Sweden. I'd go to Alaska. Sweden. Mm. There's some good food. There's some good food in Sweden. 
Good food. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Chances are, no matter where you want to go, Princess Cruises can take you there. Voted best itineraries. Princess Cruises sails to over 360 destinations worldwide. Plus, the ship is equipped with a 300 square foot poolside movie theater oh. where you can enjoy movies, concerts, and even sports. And there's never been a better time to plan a vacation with Princess Cruises than during their most popular sale of the year, Sip and Sail. You like sipping? My wife likes sipping. Book a balcony or above and get the best all-inclusive beverage package at sea for free. Enjoy everything from cocktails, wine, and beer to soda, specialty coffee, and smoothies as you explore world-famous destinations. Just visit princess.com slash BS for details. That is princess.com slash BS. Holiday cruise. Why not? Um, we're almost in range to really start thinking about football and right. fantasy and mm-hmm. Super Bowl sleepers and all that stuff. In the preseason, we've learned to to care about less and less and less and less and to kind of ignore it. On the other hand, like I was listening in the radio today, somebody pointed out that Terrell Davis would not have made the Broncos if it wasn't for a preseason game, which I thought was... I'd never heard that point. I don't 100% know if it's true. And it was a tackle, right? It wasn't even like he was a returner or something. It was, it was like he Something cha- happened yeah, that he like, made the team. Yeah. Is If we got rid of preseason, if we just got rid of it, and the season started with week one and there's just scrimmages and then like it reads college. up, is football any different? Uh, yeah, I think there would be a lot more personnel mistakes. More more mistakes. Yeah, I think there would be. I think I think that you know coaches kind of have their mind made up on guys, and if they don't practice good, then they get in the game, they all of a sudden, wait, my guy gets... And then there's the other way around, guys. The lights come on, and it's a little bit too hard for them, and what, what you saw in practice. Because remember, after you get through the fourth or fifth day of practice, okay, you've practiced against these guys all the time. They're smart, so you know... They learn your bad they habits. They learn and you're doing, and they learn what you're doing. You're not playing the... You're, you know, so say you're in a nine-on-seven drill. That's a run period. So you play the run. and it's, So you have to take away the, the, the evaluation, and now that becomes a toughness drill. So... I think we need them, and I, I think what we need them, and I, I wrote this today in the ringer, I think September is still the evaluation process for teams because there's not enough comp- there's not enough contact. I mean, guys have days off now. I mean, yeah. you know, and w- offensive and defensive linemen have to have so many reps to be ready for the season. They're like boxers. They have to spar so many rounds. And when they take days off, they're going to need to get into September before they really get in shape. It's hard to be a defensive lineman and rush 60 plays if you haven't had a really good camp and practice two-a-days. It's hard. So September is a month where that's still going on. Out of the bandwagon sleepers that we tend to start hearing about right now, Tate, who is it, like? Tampa, Tennessee, yeah, uh, tiny bit the, of Jacksonville. Yeah, people are trying to do the Texans. Everyone's like, I like Watson. He's a winner. But the, but the Texans were okay They're, last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's that division, like, yeah. Like, but I see like Tennessee, which I can see the case, but they haven't done jack shit yet. Do you believe in any of these bandwagon cases, Mike? I'm not a big Tennessee believer, only for the sense that I think that, you know, last year they they're, they're, they got a chance to get the 10 wins. And I know Mariota got hurt in the game against Jacksonville, but they were getting, you know, he was eight for 20 in that game before yep. they, it fell apart on him. So I got to see that what they can do pass rush wise. LeBeau's system and schemes, I think people have a pretty good understanding how to handle Pittsburgh stuff. Pittsburgh's changed, they don't run it anymore. It's the triangle of defenses. Yeah, I, I don't know if they're really as sharp as, as everybody wants to make them so out. So they're out. Jacksonville, you're not going to be because of Bortles. There's, no, there's no way. I mean, Tampa? 
I think Tampa's they pretty good. They got some blue chippers. Tampa's a funny team. Tampa's personality is like Winston. You know, he plays bad, throws interceptions, but they have this winner-type mentality. They come yeah. back. They're like an unmade bed. They don't look pretty, but they, they're comfortable. You know, and they find a way to win. I, I wouldn't rule them out. I think- Hess and I watched the Hard Knocks with them, and it's basically a Winston in- infomercial it's for great. six minutes, and he goes back, and you watch that dude for five minutes just interacting with everybody, and there's yeah. teammates, and he really does I seem like a real leader. Like, it Charisma. feels like we're going to hear from him in a in a... In January, at some point, I think that South is really good. I think Carolina will be better. I think New Orleans will be better. I think New Orleans is excited about Peterson. But let's say McCaffrey's awesome. Right. Let's say he's like rookie of the year. Right. Let's say he is this immediate triple threat from that position. He's the speed they need. They haven't had that. Yeah. Let's give them that and say Newton's more healthy. What does that mean? Is that well, an eleven win team now? I think so. If if Keekly doesn't get hit, I mean, if Keekly, well, see that that tape, that, that's that's what's killing you. Keekly's one more, and we've how many times have we seen this one football? The, yeah. When the guy's one more hit away, yeah. the hit always happens. Yeah, yeah he's it's become, fucking football. He's you're gonna hit the new somebody. Dan Morgan, where you're just like waiting for that time. Yeah. Where you're just like, I, just, yeah. I hope much. it doesn't happen to Keekly, but that's what would concern me. I think Carolina. So defensively, they, that falls apart if, you get, I, I if he's out of the way. Again? They run their scheme. It becomes very more. It becomes difficult to do it. Uh, I tell you, I think Buffalo's going to be a sleeper team this year. I think Buffalo's got a lot of things going for them. They have a legitimate guy running the program. They have a culture they're trying to build. Uh, QB? They're, you know, the quarterback's not great, but he's play action. I think they'll do some things. That you didn't want to say his name. Who? The QB. Oh, uh, Tara right. Taylor? But do we think he's 100% the quarterback? I think he will be the quarterback. Okay. Yeah, Tara Taylor will be the who's quarterback. The, who's the other choice? I haven't done all my homework yet. It's well, EJ Manuel's gone. He's doing. He's the backup. Yeah, they didn't have now. another choice. Yeah. It's basically Tyrod. Yeah. So, but uh, you know, they got some nice pieces. What a compelling case. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think defensively they're much better. They're healthier there. Well, fortunately, they gave the Patriots their best running back. That helped. Right. But well, Lashawn McCoy's their best back. <laughs> no, but, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I, I like. I think Buffalo could surprise some people. I think Miami's getting all the all the talk. We can get into Jay Cutler conversation. I just really think Miami's. I think Adam Gase is probably smiling, knowing that he was able to kind of get away from Tannehill and actually get better. So. When I heard the Jay Cutler, my first reaction as a Pats fan was, "This is great." Yeah, Jay Cutler twice a year. This is great. And I thought it was idiotic by Miami and uh, Hail Mary. And then I remember the Adam Gase, that Fif- color was good with him that 15, year. 15, he was really good with him. Yeah. yeah. And season. then I was kind of like, oh, sh- crap. What if he's actually... Miami's good now I've kind of talked myself into being afraid of it. Miami's good But I'm offense. also in the AFC East where we never have to be afraid of anyone. So you talk right. yourself into Jay Cutler with Adam Well, Gaze. but Miami's problem's still on defense. How Vance Joseph got to become a head coach after that defense was so bad, that, that could be a documentary in itself. But the reality of it is, is that their defense has yet to prove that they're good. I think both, they'll be... I think there's some real... I think the coaches in the AFC East are better than people think they are. Yeah. I think, I think Bowles is a decent coach. He's got a bad team. I think Gase is a really good coach, and I think Sean McDermott's going to be a good coach. So I think those three, I think Buffalo's actually going to get coached this year. I think it was a circus up there with Rex. So I think Buffalo's going to be much better. So that's one that we like to look at when we're looking at our sleeper teams. Lombardi and I always have a come-to-Jesus long three-hour conversation about it. You look at the coach upgrade. Um, Did they come off the season from hell where, like, Houston's a good example. Just a bunch of stuff just went wrong. Mm. And they're probably better than they are. You put a legitimate quarterback 
in Foxborough that night when they're playing the Patriots and right. Deion Lewis without he doesn't make those plays. You know, Oswell has guys wide open in that game. He doesn't make throws. Yeah. I mean, other than the Super Bowl, that Houston Texas game probably was the harder game they had, the hardest game they had to play in the playoffs. Yeah, we yeah. were watching that game and you were like, look how open. Like you were, we would see receivers that were wide open. Wow. And Osweiler was just staring down. Oh, yeah, we did a podcast yeah. after that game. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like I can't believe that these guys are so open. Because you were like, there's no way if these guys are this open, we're going to be able to win a Super Bowl. This is this doesn't even look like our defense right now. Yeah. Thank God Osweiler was just staring down his number one guy every yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, that Patriots defense probably should not have won a Super Bowl. It's, it's remarkable. I still can't believe it. I, I still can't get over it. It's on. Every time it's on, I start watching it. I just I just can't believe it. I can't believe 28-3 to three in the regular season is insane. But then yeah. when you think about how Atlanta was moving the ball and how they could run the ball, they could throw the ball for 10 yards every time, there's just no way. They, yeah. they, it shouldn't have happened. If you play it 10 times, it's not. It's it's gonna. Uh, Atlanta's going to win nine. It's like the Falcons having not won a Super Bowl, and then like if I was a Falcons fan, I I don't know if I. I guess like the the closest I've come to that '86 World Series, like at that point I'm pretty young. I don't. But then like the '03, the Boone home run, mm. and I just spent the whole winter just rehashing it and fucking driving myself crazy about it. That Falcons game, I I would never recover from that. And Matt Ryan taking, you know, well, hiking the ball with 17 seconds left. And I think when uh, I said this to you before, before we went on the air, Matt Ryan had a season that was lights out. Like if he was a baseball player, they would test him for steroids because he had one of those seasons <laughs> that it was unbelievable. Yeah. And for if you're a Falcon fan, if you think Matt Ryan can duplicate that year again, wow. Because there are nothing normal in his statistical career that that shows that he can have that kind of season. That's what, would you be shocked if the Falcons there's some people that are like, the Falcons are going to go back they're going to redeem themselves. Would you be shocked if they made it back to the Super Bowl? I mean, that just doesn't I would be happen. really shocked because yeah. I just don't see how they can be as good. Freeman I, got that huge contract. I don't I mean, see how the, they can be as good offensively. I think Kyle yeah. Shanahan wasn't given enough credit. I know he takes the rap for the playoff for the Super Bowl loss because he didn't call run plays. That's not his job. His job is to get first down score points. And they tried to run Freeman. People forget. They tried. Yeah. He got one yard, he got two yards. And then huge turnovers and dumb plays. Dumb that, plays. I mean they had first down from the thirty two or what the twenty two. Right. I mean, all they need is five when yards. When Atlanta win the Roberts game. doesn't cover Freeman out of the backfield when the ball's on the on, yeah. on Atlanta's own ten yard line and Freeman runs for, out to midfield. I mean at that point you think there's no chance they can win the game, right? Yeah. And they still found a way to do it. So who do you think every year like some new offensive guy either makes the leap or may, sometimes it's a defensive guy too, but mostly it's an offensive guy where that first month, they're like, oh, this guy. And then this becomes the guy we're all excited about. Who is that this year? You mean like a quarterback that just... Or like, like one year it was Odell. Um, one year it was Gronk. Mm -hmm. Like there's always... like One year it was J.J. Watt as superhuman. There's always the one guy who makes the jump. Last year, people thought it was going to be Khalil Mack, but it wasn't. But do you think... Is there a guy, like just a blue, blue, blue chipper who's by October 5th, we're going to be like, that guy. That's a hard one. I mean, that's I'd have to go through it. I'd have to go through it. Go ahead. Tate's going to say McCaffrey. No, I was going to say Alshon Jeffrey. I don't see it. I think Alshon, Alshon Jeffrey. He's yeah. a jump ball receiver. I don't I, see that one. He's been I in love, the league too long. 
Oh yeah, I guess was it four years, five yeah, years? Yeah, I was saying like he's got. They, it's got to be. Like you want to be a young guy? I'm just trying to think. I'm gonna of, be like I, under I like twenty six. He's on that one year deal. I feel like he's trying to get a big contract. I, I think Dalvin know. Cook at Minnesota might be that guy. Oh yeah, Ooh. the r- running back. I think people are like, oh wow, why they got him in the second? I think the second round. I think Alvin. I, I don't know Kamara. I think from Tennessee, the the, the Saints are high on him. I think he's going to give them some some plays. Let me throw a name at you. Yeah. What about Mike Evans? I think Mike I was Evans. thinking about this during Hard Knocks because yeah. with Deshaun Jackson on the other side, Jameis is going to be better. And Team's OJ going to be better. See, they have OJ Howard yeah. in there. See, that's to me that separates. Now they had the they had the other kid in there last year who played well. I forget his name. Austin Severian Jenkins, right? Well, no, he went to the Miami. Uh, he went to he was drinking and got cut. And oh yeah, yeah. He sobered up. He's actually had a really good camp. How sobered up too? Yeah. <laughs> Finally, but I mean, they actually have some weapons down at. at Don't at, you think Evans has the talent? Oh, he's unbelievable. Yeah, no, I think he definitely because it's right around with wide receivers. Sometimes like To had that Philly year in 04. They're hard to cover. Moss had the 07 Pats year where they've been in the league a few years. They get rid of all the dumb stuff, and then just the athleticism takes over with the brains for that one year. Right. What about I, a Mark I think, Cooper? I, I think That's the quarterback. Mark, Mark Cooper, that could be at some point. I think the one thing I like about Tampa is they've adopted his personality. Like, mm. they they can shit down their leg, and they still bounce back. I yeah. mean, you'll see. Mm-hmm. They'll be, like, the first weekend, they'll be down 21-3 to three in the second quarter. Ah, everybody said Tampa was going to be good, and then it'll be a close game it's in the It's like how quarter. the Giants have adopted Ben McAdoo's personality. Yeah, well, don't go <laughs> have you there. seen his haircut? Don't go. I, when it's are you amazing. getting Ben McAdoo on House of Carbs? I think you yeah, need you to should do that. talk about oh, the Ben McAdoo the menu. menu. Absolutely. I think you should. I, I really think Two-sided you're missing an opportunity. Laminated. I think you're missing an opportunity. Did we hit everything, Tate? Yeah, we hit everything. I mean, it's been a great GM Street little combo. It's been good. Carolina? It's a combo platter. It is a combo platter. Are you going to let Tate easy on the Panthers or what? Yeah, I'll let him go. Because I think he thinks they're going to go 12-4 and and he's convinced himself that they're going to stay out the end. I I don't like what the Panthers did to their GM. I think their GM was trying to build the right team. I think the owner wants to give away money. Uh, but Jer- Jerry's like in love with his players. I think he know? is. It's but like a love I, affair. But I think that'll affect him. But I do. I like the. T- I like Carolina. Who wins the NFC North? Just out of curiosity. I think Green Bay will win the North. Whew. Give wow. me Zimmer all day. That, I mean, the NFC North could be bad this it, year. Yeah. Well, Chicago's not going to be very. That good. could be like a and nine I don't and think Detroit, seven. Type. I don't think Detroit's coming back from. And they were falling apart last year. So I, I think Green Bay. Green Bay's a little better on defense. They're if they can stay healthy. You know, it's still Sam Checkdown Bradford. I don't know if you're going to win throwing checkdowns. Check <laughs> Although, you know, I'll say this. I'll end the podcast with this. Bortles loves a good checkdown now, too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Stamps.com. Buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package, any class of mail. Use your own computer and printer. They'll send you a digital scale. Automatically calculate exact postage. You will never have to go to the post office again. Sign up for Stamps.com. Use promo code BS for a four-week trial plus postage, plus a digital scale with no long-term commitments. Click on the microphone at the top of the Stamps.com homepage, type in BS. Thanks to Princess Cruises. If you could take a vacation anywhere in the world, where would you go? House said Sweden. Sweet. We're gonna analyze that. You know how I, I, like when they do those shows where they go like the food. I forget what the name of them. You know when they travel and do the food things all over the place. Yeah. Chef's Table. Sure, like yeah, I love. Sure. Chef, I'm addicted to Chef's Table. Oh, I gotta love it. <laughs> right. Like when they if it's Sweden, I'm not watching. Like I'm not. I'm, I, I, I can't. Like what are we gonna eat over Tess there? Tess is number one Princess Cruises choice. <laughs> what are we gonna eat? Three hundred sixty destinations worldwide. There's never been a better time to plan a vacation with Princess Cruises than during their most popular sale of the year, Sip and Sail. Book a balcony or above, get the best all-inclusive beverage package 
at sea for free. Enjoy everything from cocktails, wine, beer to sodas, especially coffee and smoothies. You you like all of those things. I love all. You like things. gambling? We might I have do. to get you in a cruise house. As you explore world famous destinations, visit princess.com/bs for details. So GM Street, that's going to be on the NFL, uh, the Ring NFL show. We're thinking it's going to be during the seasons twice. Right? Oh, we're going to do it twice. Great. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're doing it twice. We're, fi- we're finding out things live. Nobody, on the yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be twice during the season. Whatever we want to do, I'm happy. And then we got Maze and, uh, Maze and, and Clark as well. Tuesdays and Fridays. Uh, we're, D- Danny Kelly, right? Is that, oh, yeah. Danny Kelly's involved. Yeah, we, yeah, we got we got a producer. Yeah, we're blowing out Ringer Good. NFL show this year. So Website looks great. Good for that. House, can't thank you enough. This is awesome. What, what did I do? I enjoyed us. I loved it. I love it, too. Thank you for inviting me in. Thanks, House. Thanks, Tate. Thanks for doing GM Street on the BS podcast. <laughs> this is awesome. Thanks, Lombardi. Thank and, you. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks to everyone out there. We have, I think we have at least two BS podcasts coming this week. It's a little slow, but it's about to heat up once football really starts to get going. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. <laughs>